The following is a presentation of The Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. I'm just going to let you inside this brain of mine for just one second because you probably couldn't handle three, so just one second. Honestly, man, when I saw people coming back to church this morning, I went, You guys don't know this, but last time we taught on money, uh, because it's something that the Bible talks about, we're going to teach about it unapologetically, um, but the last time we taught on money, we were back at the middle school. And do you know that the next week was the smallest, lowest giving amount that we've ever had up until that point? So listen, when you guys came in, I had some spies in the parking lot. I said, listen, just tell me if somebody shows up. And so when you guys came in here this morning, I breathed a sigh of relief. But what you guys also don't know are some of the amazing things that have been taking place throughout this past week. Man, listen, I've received texts, I've received emails that would just blow your mind. And so I just want to share just a little bit of what those sound like this morning real quickly. I received a couple of texts from a friend of mine this week, and it started like Monday or Tuesday of this week, and it went a little bit like this. This person said, Scott, you won't believe this. But I didn't go get coffee. Instead of going to get coffee, I used the money that I would usually spend on coffee and I put it in an envelope. And that envelope is what I'm going to give. What money's in that envelope, I'm going to give it to the building fund next Sunday. And then later on in the week, I got another text from the same friend and they said, listen, I haven't been going to lunch. I've been using the money that I would be spending on lunch and I've been putting it in my envelope that I'm going to be giving to the building fund next Sunday. I got an email from a young couple just the other day, and and this email blew my mind. You see, this young couple left church Sunday, and God was speaking to them. And this young couple had declared, they had vowed to God that they had come up with an amount of money that they were also going to give. And they had a plan, and they promised God that they were going to be obedient. And so they they figured out what they were going to give, and they had not only planned to give to the church, but you know what's coming up April 15th, don't you? Tax season. And this young couple had had to pay, and they were planning on having to pay their taxes, so they had figured out how they were going to pay Uncle Sam and Jesus. I think it's awesome. And so I received this email this week, and if I can, I'll just share just a little bit of it. This couple said, I told the Lord that we would give a set amount from our bank account, or if our refund was more than that amount, we would give our entire tax refund. I'll admit that part of me was nervous about committing this to the Lord. What if we ended up getting a big tax refund and we could sure use that money to pay off some debt? We'll talk about debt in just a second. Well, today was the day we had our taxes done. It says our refund is over three times what we had committed to give. And we're very excited about God supplying even more money to give to our church than we had ever anticipated. Yeah, that's something praiseworthy, church. (laughs) 
And then just yesterday, as we were downtown High Point on the corner of Smith and Green Street, we were serving individuals who, listen, who are just less fortunate than us. Some of the soup and some of the sandwiches and some of the donuts that we gave to them, why were they taking so much? Because they're probably going to eat on that half of the week. So as we're serving downtown yesterday, a gentleman who we were serving, he pulls me to the side. Someone had pointed out that I was just one of the pastors there serving. And he pulled me aside and he he said, can I talk to you for a second out of the way from everybody? And so we went up the street just a little bit in front of a car. And it was just he and I, and he asked me this question. He said, Pastor, he said, do you mind? He said, would your church receive my tithe and offering? And you know how sometimes time stands still and only about three seconds lapse, but it feels like about five minutes? Because in those three seconds, I had a long conversation with myself that only lasted about a few seconds. Because at first, here's what I wanted to say. No, 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 listen, sir, we're here serving you. Like, I know that you don't have to give. I didn't know what he was going to give us, but I knew that he could use and benefit from whatever he was going to give us much more than we would ever benefit. And so in that little three-second span in my brain, I said, no, you keep it. But then God quickly said, no way, Scott. You're going to get in the way of allowing this gentleman to be obedient to me and to be a blessing and to be used for my kingdom. And so three seconds went just like that. And I said to this man whose first name was Anthony, He would not give me his last name. I asked. He said, you can just call me Anthony Outlaw. That's what he said. All right. And I said, you better believe that we'll take your tithe and offering. And I said, I thank you for being obedient to God. And Anthony was carrying a plastic bag. And out of the plastic bag, he pulled out three envelopes. I don't have a clue how much money was in there. I have no idea. I didn't go and count it. I don't care how much money was in there. I will not know how much money was in there. Because you see, church, it's not about how much money you give. It is about the posture and it's about the obedience of your heart. Anthony Outlaw was simply being obedient to what God told him to do and he did it. And so I thank God for using Anthony to bless my heart because he said, Pastor, will your church take my tithe and my offering?" Take a look at this video. Hi, my name's Nicole, and when I was 16 years old, I got my first job, and I started tithing the 10% that I was always told that you were to give. And then my beloved preacher at the time preached a sermon on tithing, and he said that it's not only tithes, it's tithes and offerings. So 
God says for us to test Him in our tithes because it all belongs to Him anyways. And if we're not tithing, we're robbing God. And so when I heard the sermon, God convicted me at the time and He said, don't you want to give to me, not just what I demand of you? And so at that time, I gave my 10% that God demanded and I offered 10%. And I'm a waitress, so by no means am I getting rich quick. But in that time, He has provided for me and my husband and my two children. And not only that, He has also allowed me to be able to give to things that help further His kingdom because that's what matters the most in life. If, if you've been in the church any time, listen, I'm sitting here today and I, I, we, we've positioned this chair because, man, I want to make sure I can see everybody because I'm not going to preach at you today. This is a conversation between you and I. You know, last week we put on the screen an email address. If you have any questions about anything concerning giving, a tithe, or an offering, man, we, we want to hear from you. And so this morning, this starts the conversation piece of our morning. Because in the church, we'll say things, but we'll forget to explain what we really mean by what we're saying. And so in the church world, we've probably said, here at Connection Church over two years, we've probably said the word tithe and offering over 300 times. And there are many here today that when we say the words tithe and offering, you just link those two together. And you think, well, those are probably just interchangeable words that one is the same and, well, no, they're different. You heard Nicole talk about a tithe. Listen, a tithe is 10% of what God has given you. You understand that everything that you have, you have because God gave you, right? Like you don't have just because you're a hard worker or you're good looking or you're smart. You have because God has given to you. And so when we say the word tithe and when this little gray bucket passes by or you set up at the online giving or you go on to our website and you give, your tithe is a 10% gift back to God. An offering then is much different than a tithe. Listen, I understand that not every person sitting in here understands this and not every person is there yet. Because listen, I believe that as our life and our relationship with Jesus grows, so does our understanding of generosity. And so everyone sitting in here today, we may not be ready to give an offering. We may not even be ready to give a tithe. But you see, an offering is above and beyond our tithe. You heard Nicole, didn't you? I love it. She's just honest and blunt. She said she's a waitress She's not getting rich quick. But what God laid on her heart was to give her tithe and then to give 10 more percent. Now listen, I know I'm from Wahlberg, but I can add that really quick. That's 20 percent. She's living off of 80 percent. She's simply being obedient to what God has told her to do. 
The offering comes from the overflow of her heart. The offering comes from the overflow of our heart when we understand just how much God has given to us. Next Sunday, we've said it now for two weeks, we're going to be taking a building offering, right? Like last week, we challenged you to go home and to pray in whatever God lays on your heart to give. He may say, don't you give anything. Well, then you got off good. But if he says to give whatever, we are asking you to be obedient. We're taking a building offering. Listen, we're not taking a building tithe. We don't want you to take your tithe and just slide it over to the building offering. An offering goes above and beyond what is already God's in the first place. Do you guys know that Jesus talked a lot about money? He did. If you've ever read in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, man, you'll see that, that Jesus talked a lot about money. If you remember back to last week, you understand that Jesus talked a lot about money because Jesus knew that money was going to be probably the number one competitor for your heart. So Jesus talked a lot about it. Some people say there's like 38 parables in the New Testament. Little stories that Jesus told back in his time. 38 It says that Jesus, in 16 of those parables, talked about money. If you weren't here last week, I need to make this statement one more time. If you you were here last week, then listen, I want you to believe me. I want you to believe us. Because when we talk about money, again, we're not going to apologize for it. It's not the fact that we want something from you. It's the fact that we want something for you. And that's why Jesus talked about money so much. Because he truly wanted something for you. Okay? If you're in your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking again about money. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking and he's telling a story about storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. He says, listen, don't store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust and all that stuff and people break in and steal it. He says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven because if you store up treasures here on this earth, it's just going to go away. And then Jesus makes this very profound statement. In the 21st verse, listen, it'll be on the screen. He says this, for where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you guys catch that? Will you read that with me so that I will know that you're actually alive this morning? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you guys catch that order? So many people think that it's just the opposite. 
Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. No. Jesus says where your treasure is, like where your money is, your heart will follow. Right? Well, let's just break this down practical this morning because this is just a conversation. I know it's just one-sided because I'm the one with the mic, but it's just a conversation about what's going on in your life. Listen, I have racked my brain about hobbies that we love, and I've picked one. You could pick golfing, you could pick hunting, but I'm picking fishing because I don't like to fish. I don't. Some of you like to fish, and I know, God bless you, you have the patience of Job. You also are rich, because I know that it takes a lot of treasure to buy that nice boat, right? And I know that fishing rods are not cheap. And I also know that it takes a lot of money to fill up not only your boat, because to pull your boat, you can't pull it with a Prius. <laughs> you got to have a big truck to pull your big boat. And listen, I know if you love to fish, you also love Jesus. So I'm not talking about you this morning. I'm talking about the other people. But I want you to see where I'm going with this because I know people whose treasure is in their fishing rods and in their boats and in their trucks and in their ponds and in their lakes. Their treasure is there. And guess what? follows their heart. But Jesus told us that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we can talk about it with golf, we can talk about it with hunting, we can talk about it with any hobby. But listen, let me get real personal with you. Because I have children who are growing up And they love to do things. Some of our treasure is in our children. And we think that we can justify that because we're giving them a good life. I have a son who plays baseball. It's not cheap. Some of us, we love those homes. We love them so much. Now listen, I'm not sitting here saying we all need to go live in tents. I'm not preaching a poverty message. I want nice things. I've told my wife. I've told my boss. One day, I want a dream car. But I will promise you this. My dream car will not be my treasure. Jesus Christ will always be my treasure because my heart will always follow. So listen, if you have a nice home and you drive a nice car, yes, I'm jealous. But it cannot take the place of your treasure. And it cannot be your treasure. And it cannot be what your heart longs for. And so Jesus here is simply asking you, and I'm asking you, I'm not telling you anything here this morning in this conversation. I want to ask you, 
And I want you to respond in your brain. Jesus is saying here in this short sentence, what, what is the position of your treasure? Hey guys, ladies, what is the position of your treasure? If it is not on Jesus, if it is not on his Father God, and if it is not positioned into his kingdom, then why? Because your heart will follow where your treasure is positioned. You see, I don't believe in just telling you answers. I don't believe in that. But I do know this, that every question demands an answer. And then every answer is going to require, yes, just another question. And so my question for you this morning, church, is what is the position of your treasure? Listen, I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that. I believe there's some people in here, and you've got it figured out. God bless you. You know the position of your treasure. It is the kingdom of God, and your heart has followed. You're saying right now in your brain, preach, Scott. Well, I'm not preaching. We're just having a conversation. There's some of you here who you're not there, but you're ready. You're wanting to position your treasure. You know what I'm saying is not made up. You know that it is coming straight from Scripture, and you know and you have known that I have got to start being obedient and give. I've got to start. And so today you're going to leave this church, and you're going to say to your spouse, or you're going to say in your brain, you're going to say, you know what, I need to position my treasure. I need to position it for the kingdom of God. And you're going to say that and you're going to walk out of here, but you're going to make the grave mistake that many people have made. And the grave mistake is this, is we walk out of here, yes, with the right intentions, but we don't have a plan. Listen, having right intentions is not a plan. Listen, I've had right intentions You've had right intentions that just go by the wayside, right? When it comes to giving God more of your treasure. And if you're like me, here's what happens. My good intentions, they don't actually fall by the wayside. Listen, that's just the way we like to say it. No, my good intentions, somehow I end up buying a new flat bill hat. Or I find myself shopping and my wife doesn't know it and I'm in H&M trying on some new skinny jeans. I don't know. And then I go even higher up the ladder and I go to buckle and they're wanting $100 for a shirt, but somehow my intentions have... I can justify it. Because I don't have a plan. Listen, you need a plan. If you're going to position your treasure for the kingdom of God and desire to be obedient to him, you're going to need a plan. I mean, we plan for everything else, don't we, church? I mean, we do. Listen, you guys don't know me that well, but I am not a numbers guy. I'm not. Listen, I was driving our team to Atlanta, Georgia this week. They, like, they let me drive for some reason. I told them, this, I, I'm not driving. Somehow I ended up driving. 
I was going to 85 North to Durham. It's because my boss was not there. He was sick. I don't understand. I don't do numbers. Well, listen, I've got a retirement plan. And just this week, I was on the phone with them, talking to them about my retirement plan. We plan for retirement. Listen, how many of you took vacation over the last year? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Listen. I've been seeing all these people going to Disney World lately. Listen, you don't just wake up one Friday and say, you know what, I'm going to Disney World. (laughs) Mickey ain't cheap. Mickey likes Benjamins, okay? Let's just be honest. Listen, you've planned for a year for that vacation. You said, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to cut back here, and I'm going to, listen to this, I'm going to position this money here so that we can go give our children and our spouse and whoever the best time this year. Doesn't God deserve the same thing? Doesn't God deserve a plan so that we can position our money so that we can give God the best that we've ever given him? Here you go again. Y'all want to build the building. Y'all are talking about money. No, Jesus talked about it a lot more than I have in the last two years. Remember this 90-day tithing challenge? Some of you didn't hear this from last week. But we want something for you and not from you. It's not about us getting rich, church. And if you don't believe that, this 90-day tithing challenge that ends May 18th, if you don't want to give us your money, if you don't want to give it to Connection Church, please find some other church to give it to. Just be obedient to God because he's looking for the obedient to use and to reward. The lady that I talked about in the text earlier, God is going to blow her mind. The young couple in the message that I read, they're going to have their minds blown. Anthony Outlaw is going to have my mind blown. I was stopped in the hallway this morning by a senior at Ledford High School who gave online for the first time, and he said this, and I quote, it felt good. And it's not about Connection Church padding our numbers. It's about you being obedient to the word of God. So you need a plan. Some of you are just there. You are on the verge of being obedient. All you have to do is start. You have to start. Listen, I understand 10% is not there yet. Start somewhere. Start being obedient today. And then I know some of you are not able to give right now. I understand that because I know things like unemployment. I know about it. Listen, I know about minimum wage. I know what it's like to make $300 a week and hold down a second job at Dollar General. 
I know what that sometimes lends itself to. I understand credit card debt. I understand it. Can I tell you something? Just being very real, I have some credit card debt, but I've got a plan to get out of it. You see, mine came because my wife wouldn't leave me alone. And we didn't have maternity insurance. And I would have paid $100,000 for Ezra. I just would have. But I've got a plan in place. On the screen, they're going to pop up a couple of things, a couple of websites for you. The top one, josephsangle.com. The bottom one, daveramsey.com. Listen, if you want to leave here today and apply what you're hearing, these two places are a wonderful place to start because they will help you get a plan in place. They will help you tackle your problem, I promise you. Now listen, if your problem is bigger than this, and like you're searching both of these websites and you can't find any answers to your problems, then man, listen, your best bet is probably just go get invested into a black ski mask in this and if you get away with it you still got to tie 10 percent. okay yes and so because i don't believe in just giving you answers i'm gonna ask you one more time where is your treasure positioned okay and if it is not positioned for the kingdom of god then what is your plan to get it there. Because you see, Scripture says this. Scripture says this. James chapter 4, verse 17. says that anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Listen, Christians, Christ followers, those of you who have said, Jesus, I love you, and I am accepting your sacrifice on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, you're a Christ follower. And a tithe is 10% of your income. There's no loopholes. There's no way around it. A tithe is 10%. If you're not able to do that today, what's your plan to get there? And if we're not doing it, James 4, 17 is pretty clear. But you see, I happen to believe just the opposite of that is true as well. I believe that if we know the good we ought to do and we do it, you see, God is looking for the obedient to use and to reward. I believe that God's blessings will flow just like he said in Malachi chapter 3. The floodgates of heaven will open. The senior in high school that stopped me in the hallway the young couple who sent me the email, the lady who sent me the text, and the man on the street in High Point is getting ready to experience the floodgates of heaven open up. Listen, that may not be financial gain, but it is something that only comes when we are obedient to God. See, Scripture says it is a peace that transcends all of our understanding. I want to pray for you guys this morning. Hey, God, I'm so thankful for your promises.
Listen, I know God because I've been there. I've been someone who has not had my treasure positioned for your kingdom. But God, I'm so thankful that you did not relent and you did not let up on me. But God, you through your Holy Spirit continue to speak to me. And God, you've spoken to me and you've allowed me, you've allowed me grace and mercy. And God, you've shown me a plan so that I can put your kingdom in the proper position. God, I'm so thankful that your word holds true. And I'm thankful that your scripture reminds us that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what you, God, have prepared for those who love you. And God, I know that those who love you are also obedient to you. So God, I pray that today your Holy Spirit has said so much more than I ever could. God, for those who are sitting here right now, ready to position their treasure for you, God, will you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, just impress upon their hearts, it's time today to do something different. It's time today to get a plan in place. And then, God, I know that you'll be faithful. I know that you will hold true to your word. And, God, that you will blow their minds with your goodness. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for just allowing us to be real and to be honest. And, God, you're not holding any of this over our head. God, you are expecting us today. If we know what we ought to be doing, God, you're expecting us to start. Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, we thank you for giving us your all. And it's in your powerful and beautiful name we pray.